0: You are listening to Positive Living Vibrations with Sarah Troy. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening everyone. Welcome to another edition of Positive Living Vibrations with Sarah Troy and my guest today, Dawn Weaver. Dawn Weaver was a curious child. She was curious about the higher purpose in life and on many occasions asked the question, why am I here? I think all of us have asked that question at some point in our lives. It makes perfect sense looking back that becoming a coach was perfect for her because she had always asked deep and profound questions and her sense of curiosity was at times insatiable. She wanted to understand the real reason for her own existence. The answers then became very, very sharp in a desire to be able to help other people who were in pain and to bring them to a place of joy and hope. So, as a teen, she began reading books to help her understand some of the universal questions and seeking and quickly became interested in self-improvement through spirituality, self-reflection, and self-awareness. Now, all these years later, and with a few other development programs under her um, umbrella there, she's journeyed into helping people find their purpose and their value in life. She's a coach. But the beautiful thing is she's a coach under the tree of life. I love that title, The Tree of Life. It means that we can have roots and we can branch out and we can reach as far as we like up to the sky. We can bear fruit, we can bear flowers, we can shelter and exude. We can move, we can oxygenize, we can do so many things as a tree. And when we understand our tree of life, we understand the possibilities that we have. So Dawn, as a coach, is going to help you find your rooting, how you can reach for your sky and branch out in your own life into your own possibilities. We're going to discover today how she does it and really what is coaching. Without any further ado, let's bring Dawn on and hear from herself exactly why coaching is so important to her. Good morning, Dawn.
1: Good morning, Sarah. Thank you for that lovely welcome.
0: Oh, my pleasure. The Tree of Life is truly a lovely name. Um. I'm a little uh, soft with it as I have a, a thing called the living orchard and I do look upon trees as, it's a substance we have to have you know trees are so very very important to our existence but when we actually look upon ourselves as as a tree you know with the rooting, the branching out the, the reaching far and wide or the tall the bearing fruit or the flowers we are so filled with possibilities aren't we? V- very
1: much so when <clears throat> as I look at the tree, um, I see sort of, I do see ourselves, I see the roots of the tree as like our belief system, our belief structure, and how they uh, manifest up into the trunk of the tree and through the leaves, and, and every one of these leaves are a different possibility or a different manifestation that we have due to these beliefs. Very beautiful.
0: And you know, beliefs is something that people need to understand you cannot embrace a new tomorrow if you're dragging around old beliefs that are contaminating your roots. Um, you look at a tree that is dying. Some of it might be just from that it's, its time, its age, but it's like a virus of contamination. And we have to look at the belief system that we have as sometimes being that virus that's attacking our system and not allowing us to act fruit or prosper.
1: That's exactly right uh, and that is exactly what happened. Uh, that's what happens to us as as children we begin to observe our world and we come to certain conclusions and then we just add meaning to that So these beliefs aren't really good or, or bad or right or wrong they're just they're just simply a tool that we use to create our experiences and like you said they could be old and dying dying like a virus. Um, and until we can dig a little deeper and create some real conscious change below that conscious level into the subconscious level, um, we continue to create more of the very same day in and day out. And these beliefs, they really cause us to make judgments about our world. And those judgments...
0: And, you know, very us. often they're the beliefs that are being imposed upon us. You know, there are... They're up- running there's somebody else's perspective of life and and certainly can uh, very much dictated by the environment that people live in and you know the old saying well if it was good enough for us it was good enough for you and we really have to look upon is we want we want our children to have more than we did go further than we have reach higher than what we Mm -hmm. have done and, you know, I think that's really what needs to be instilled in our kids is constantly reach for your possibilities, for your diva, you know, the dreams, inspirations, visions, and aspire in life. And don't get stuck in an old belief that is no longer serving you.
1: That's exactly right. And that's such a beautiful way to put it. And so many times, you know, these well-meaning caregivers, you know, from a parents to teachers to um the people in our church and the media they they want to give us their own beliefs because they believe that that will serve us in a certain way and it would would take care of us but they don't necessarily serve us and these beliefs once they get created they mm. continue to do their job so wouldn't it be just amazing if as adults we could be so aware of our own belief system that we stop imposing ours not only on our children but you know the world around us it would be just Amazing if we do that and teach our kids that they have such possibility and they're unlimited in who they are because they're into you
0: know as an older generation the word that I find that really comes into play a great deal nowadays is permission um, you know growing up and I'm you know I'm approaching the 60s, so I think even from forty on there was still that. Uh, um, no, you're here to sacrifice. You're here to serve. Uh, who do you think you are? You know, stop placing value upon yourself. It needs to be on everything else. And we've switched it around now. And understanding that unless we, you know, feed the roots of the trees, unless it's getting the sun and the the rain, and, and the right conditions, it's never going to grow. And that we have to give ourselves permission to place value upon ourselves, to love and nurture ourselves. Um, and to live in that that abundance that is within us because otherwise we'll never be able to grow.
1: Yes, I agree. I love how <clears throat> you said, you know, we have permission. Mm-hmm. It is all about that it is about giving ourselves permission to really shine that light that is within us out into and we and you're right, we do that by feeding the roots of that tree. We have to feed those beliefs a new life. And by, yes, placing value upon ourselves because we're just amazingly precious beings, and I believe we're all here for a specific reasons. It's either to be healed by someone or to help heal another person. It's such a beautiful walk, and to, to share our gifts out into the world is how we're going to do that.
0: Yes, there's a little excerpt that you've written in um, in your perspectives, you know, why do I suffer? And you've written, as I wake up each morning, I have reminded myself not to listen to the voice in my head. It is a constant barrage of negative thoughts about my life. Luckily this morning in particular, uh, that, that very wise part of me reminded me, to thank and don't think. I love that. You know, we've we've really got to kind of be attached to to feeling life and not constantly have these thoughts, as you say, barraging, and um, compiling in, ruining our day before it's even started.
1: <laughs> that's and that's exactly what happens. And it's such it takes discipline to do that because every morning, you know, as soon as I open my eyes, I have to remind myself that i have a precious human life and i can do whatever i want to with it today i have a choice and the first thing i do is i get out of bed and i take my little puppies outside and i put my feet on the ground and i look up at the stars because it's still dark out and i remind myself to be thankful Mm -hmm. and it's easy to look around and give gratitude and you know when my feet are connected to the earth i'm very grounded in that and some days it's absolutely harder than others but when I can remind myself of that and it, it just sort of came to me one morning don't think, just think it yeah. changes everything
0: yes yes, you know, it's not like oh, I'm tired, I want to go back to sleep it's like, ah, oh, there's a new day of opportunity ahead of me, I wonder what it's going to be thank you for giving me this this day
1: and that is not an easy task no i tell my clients all the time it doesn't it's not always easy some mornings it's easier than others some days it's easier but it doesn't mean in every second of every day it's like that it is a as one of my ministers used to say it's a discipline. Mm. It, it brings you bliss but it is a practice so you keep on going with it and you choose in every moment you make a choice
0: I, you know, and, and I think a lot of people kind of misunderstand spirituality. Um, you know, it's it's kind of this thing that if you're going the spiritual way, then you've abstained from thought. Uh, everything has become kumbaya. Um, you know, you're all just kind of becoming one big circle and nobody's taking responsibility for themselves. Uh, you know, it's just so kind of, um, misunderstood it, spirituality is a faith it's a belief um, there is still a complete du- you know, belief in divinity it doesn't matter what your religion is it is a belief in the higher powers that there that guide us but it's more of a, a direct link um, You know, we don't go through somebody else to get it we have a direct link to that spirituality of being tuned in and receiving what we need to know And you can only do that if you get out of your own way, or get out of old, outdated beliefs, and allow that information to come through to you.
1: That's exactly right, and I love what you said about taking responsibility, because my thoughts on spirituality is, I am, because of that, I am taking responsibility in my life through these practices that I use moment to moment, through becoming aware of my thoughts, through deciding to choose and to make a a really conscious choice to make my life what i want it to be rather than just jumping on the coattails of the thought and thinking i'm i am that thought and and riding its wave i can Mm. step back and just watch it and observe it and become aware of it and in that i can tune in and you know tap into this uh connection that i have with the divine and and watch the play between the two and allow it to just be
0: that's the thing, isn't it? Allow it to just be. I think as human beings, we're constantly told about you've got to be in control, and you know that people don't realise actually is when you give up the control, you gain control, and um, and it's you know it's an oxymoron to people who haven't got it, but when you get it, you understand it. Uh, we're far more in control of our lives by following the now, by being in the moment, and understanding what we need to do at this very moment. Uh, that we are in this kind of control of having to dictate everything having to be as you perceive it to be. We make yes. be, we become prisoners of that, don't we?
1: We do, and a lot of that is through um, not just our thoughts, but our beliefs about a reality. So you can begin to observe if you don't like some aspect of your reality, whether it's you know an internal uh, dialogue or something that's happening externally, You, you, you could begin to look for the belief inside of you that's sort of creating or manifesting this particular experience, and uh, through a particular methodology that I use, you're able to replace that limiting old belief that got created, you know, forever ago. It could have been something in childhood, and it's just doing its job. Um, And once you discreate that, you're able to create a new belief, create a new experience that you prefer to have at this stage in your life. Because although beliefs, once they get created, they really do have a noble purpose. They really are serving you in a certain particular way, whether it's um, taking care of you or protecting you or keeping you safe. But at some point, you know, nothing is, is permanent. Everything is impermanent. So we outgrow these beliefs. But they keep creating and doing the same job they've always done. Yeah. So it is our job to become aware of them and to decide if if they are still serving us, if they still have value in our lives, and if they don't, whether it's through this particular methodology or one that resonates with you solely, begin to find a way to be able to to change those beliefs around for you so that your life gets created anew in a way that serves not only you, but, but those around you so
0: that your light can shine out and you can share your gifts yeah exactly and you know we're all given them, and we're all giving them in, in quite abundance you know I kind of compare as to the genetic side of it is our hard drive it's, it's we're a computer and we have this hard drive you know um, data that's in our body you know how the heart the brain and everything works it's, it's all that hard drive there. the programming is what you know those beliefs are and mm-hmm. when they're given to us, they're given to us at a time that served that moment. But if yeah. you leave that belief and never update it or delete it in that hard drive, and you're, you're really running on old data. Yeah. Um, and then you do, it starts interfering with the new data because the old data keeps wanting to come up, but you're, wanting, you're on a different program now. Okay. And it's like, where is this old data coming from? How do I delete it? And sometimes it's really very, very deep in our cellular structure, isn't it?
1: It is. It very much. It can come as far back, you know, um some some people believe that it can come as far back as past life. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then some, you know, it can come as, you know, from you being in your mother's womb. So you're sort of like swimming in in this uh belief system that's your mother's. So we're carrying our caretakers' beliefs.
0: Yeah. So be careful what changed. you say to your to your pregnant belly. Yes.
1: I <laughs> wish I had have known that as I had my children and I'm so I'm so gla- grateful to be able to tell that to other pregnant women now. Yeah. So be careful what you say. Really try to tune in and have a higher vibration because that little precious life inside of you picking up on that. They your pain. They feel your joy. They feel if you want them, they feel if you love them. Yeah. They they feel exactly what you feel. And you want them to know that they're loved and taken care of, and wanted and precious, and just everything.
0: So yes. So you could essentially you're already programming them. Absolutely. So you don't want it to be a program that's going to cause a problem later. You want to have a program that actually, you know, allows them to come out, you know, feeling loved, secure, and wondrous.
1: Yes. And, but so many people just don't know these things. Yeah. You know, several years ago when I had my la- my first or my last child, I, I wish I had known this. I, I was, so much could be different. But you know, now I'm at least able to work with, even with my own children, on, on changing some of the beliefs that they have and helping them to step in to what it is they want to experience rather than being held back and limited um, by the beliefs that they hold so that they can create you know, unlimited possibilities for themselves.
0: And, you know, one has to look at, right, you're here now, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, it really doesn't matter. I have a friend who's 73 um, who left her husband last year of 54 years. And it was like 54 years plus four years of dating, uh, you know, of unhappiness. And it was, you know, finally I managed to instill enough value in herself to uh, say, however long I've got, I want it on my terms. And, you know, they're still friendly. She goes over there and has a bite to eat after the initial shock of I'm leaving. Uh, she <laughs> lives around the corner. She's got her own little place. She can do her own stuff in her life. And it's, you know, for the first time in, in her life, she was 72 when she left. You know, she she was free to write her own program. And it's never too late.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree. I have I have a very similar situation of friendship that I have Um Uh, a dear friend of mine, the the parents went through the same thing, they're both I, I would say in their late 60s and you know, one of them left the situation and I think they finally did the same thing they placed enough value upon themselves to say I'm going to spend the rest of my life on my own terms and love myself enough to do this Yeah. and it's liberating and it's beautiful, Yes. not only for the person who leaves, but for the person who is left behind, this is a great opportunity for them as well yeah. If they can open their eyes and
0: see it. Yeah, if you stop being a victim.
1: Right, yes.
0: I mean, yes. you know, how, how yes. you, yeah, you know, how you know, how much does beliefs and victimization, you know, kind of two very negative partners. Um, you know, victimization comes from a belief, doesn't it? Absolutely
1: it does. Yes. Yes. And it could be one that you grew up with. If you you know, if you constantly um heard your parents Uh, Blame everyone, you know. Blame the world. Blame the government. Blame their boss. Blame their partner. Blame everything except taking responsibility for their own self. And then you know you become that victim too because you think this is just the way it is. It's everyone else's fault but my own. Then we can we can never take responsibility for ourselves. And I teach my children all the time. They're always responsible for their choices. For the thoughts that they think, for the choices that they make in their actions, and how they treat another person, regardless of what's going on outside of them, no one can make them angry. No one can bring them joy. That's their responsibility.
0: Yes, and if you find yourself getting there because we are reactionary beasts, um, you know, then we we have to rein ourselves in and go, okay, why am I getting upset here? Am yeah. I getting upset because I've been caught up in that vibration? Uh, And do I need to remove myself from the situation so I'm not involved in it? Um, You know, am I a part and parcel of this? Is this something I've done that I need to rectify? Um, You know, um, and if it's not, if it's somebody else's drama, simply remove yourself.
1: Absolutely. And that takes, to me, especially as a uh, a younger person, children, and teens, that takes a tremendous amount of courage and vulnerability all at the same time. Yeah when they get, they get very present at, to themselves, to their body, to their emotions and what they're feeling, what's going on inside of them and they begin to ask questions just like you just spoke of, it does shift their perspective and they're able to make a more informed choice about their part in it and how they want to respond to it rather than react to it and be that victim of it.
0: Um, you know, I think I was bullied a lot as a child because I was sick. And uh, I was chronic asthmatic, so and in those days, they didn't have much that they could do with it, so it was bed-bound for me. And uh, I remember there was a, I was at boarding school in England, and a bunch of kids literally dragged me outside by my hair, and they had dug a hole where they were going to place me as a weed. And so, you know, you, you they were blaming me for my condition. And so, of course, my condition then became a belief that this is the reason why people wouldn't like me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it it took a long time for me to overcome that, you know, this is just simply something I have um, and it's and it gives me my boundaries. But it also shows me my strengths. But I couldn't fathom why they were doing it. You know, where was my asthma intruding on their lives? You know, what had I done to them? So I think that's what happens is that we we don't understand why people have such an issue with you that they have to get so nasty. And I think we have to look at them and realize it's not us. It's the insecurity that lies within them.
1: I think that's exactly right because I think as a society, we've become very conditioned to fit into a certain mold, yeah. to live our life within certain limitations. And when when something encroaches upon that, there's there's a boundary that we've drawn. And when it's different, We see it as strange or weird and we have to, you know, get rid of it or push it away because we can't see that. Rather than just seeing it as different and embracing it and allowing it, we, you know, well, not everyone, I can't say we as a whole, but um, as children especially, different means you don't belong.
0: Yeah.
1: You so want to belong, you know, as a human we just want to belong. So I can see how that would happen to kids, but it's our job to teach them that it's okay. It's different. is just different. It's different than you, and it's something to be embraced and look at and see the beauty in that as well.
0: Yes, uh, I have to say, growing up in the, the 50s and 60s, being different wasn't something that necessarily was embraced by anybody. <laughs> I mean, right. we're yeah, in a different era that. today, you know?
1: Right. Even now, I watch my, my younger daughter, who is in such... A stage in her life where belonging and being, and you know, looking and, and being a certain way is very important to her. And I have to um, pull myself back because I see it in a way that I, I know may not serve her. But I know she's just dipping her toes in the water to see where she belongs, how that feels for her. And so I try to stand back and just love her and teach her to have compassion and love for other people and to see their beauty Mm -hmm. rather than just judging them as being different, but knowing that their differences, she has her differences, they have theirs, and that's part of who they are, and that's uh, part of how God is expressing through each of them in such different ways.
0: I mean, it certainly isn't God that made us, um, you you know, you're black, you're white, you're yellow, you're pink, you're this, you're that. uh, So now I'm going to segregate you and make sure that you fight amongst yourselves. That was a human choice. Absolutely. You know, he gave us this diversity to say, learn from each other, Mm -hmm. see each other's perspectives, you know, taste each other's foods, look at each other's lives. And how can you bring it together as one big feast?
1: Oh, I love that. Bring it together as one big feast. That's just fantastic because that's really what it is. It's like, um, you know, I've heard Abraham Hicks say before, you know, life is just a very well-stocked kitchen. Mm. There's always choice everywhere, yes.
0: everywhere. And, you know, you're not going to like every dish, but it doesn't matter. You don't have to. You just have to be respectful of it. That's you right. know, you
1: just have to know your boundaries. Exactly. You were saying, become aware and go, okay, this isn't for me or this is for me. And place enough value upon yourself to be able to go for it or step back and step away. And uh, it's never against anyone else as far as I'm concerned when I set a boundary, but it's only ever for myself.
0: Yeah. And if you are in an, an environment where you have, um, you know, maybe some cultures of people that, you know, you don't quite have an affinity to, that is fine. That's your preference. But when you're there, you show respect. You show, you know, a gratitude. Um to each our own, but we don't go into there and go, well, you know, I don't like you, your kind. So therefore, I'm not going to mingle or I'm going to pass judgment or I'm going to be rude. No, you don't. If you're having to be in that situation, um, maybe you should learn a little bit more about the culture before you pass judgment on it. Um, and also we find, you know, cultures, I think, is something we embrace. You know, we look at, we look at all the different wonders uh, and the beauty and the lifestyles of people around the world, and we actually really are in awe of them. It's when we bring religion into it, <laughs> then it starts becoming the big issue.
1: Well, it definitely can, and I think, again, that goes back to being conditioned to into a certain mold you know, with religious beliefs as well. Um, But you're right, being able, when you can come to it and be in awe of it and respect them and love them enough to, because that's, I'm going to say for pretty sure that that would be what I would want someone else to give me too. I'm I'm never going to try to get you to believe spiritually what I believe, but I will certainly listen to believe and honor that and know that that that's your path. It may not be my path, but I surely honor that for you because it's working for you and it it connects you and it gives you the faith and the hope and whatever it is that you're needing, it provides that for you. And to me, that's beautiful. And when but we I open to up to each other, way.
0: exactly, but but when we, you know, if you could get six people around a dinner table, each, you know, every single culture has brought a dish to the table. And I know I refer a lot to food because I think we relate a lot to food. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> um you know, and each person brought a, their own particular uh, dish to the table. And, you know, first you, you, you go through the differences in the food and you open up to the taste and the spices and everything that comes through. And you realize that you're all on the same journey. You're all seeking the same thing, connection to whatever God or whatever divinity, um, a, un, a unification with people in the world, a sense of so that you feel that you're here contributing to life and, and a self of self-love, a feeling of self-love that you like who you are and why you're here. And when we actually understand where we're all on that journey and we start sharing those foods, we start sh- sharing those ideas, those whole different religious re- perspectives um, perspectives from an open-minded perspective boy really honestly what are we what do we have then we have a feast there is no one way that's right we can learn from other people's cultures and religions and viewpoints and incorporate them in our own without betraying any of our own gods
1: absolutely and not only that i think there's another aspect to it is if you're like me and you're constantly asking questions because I have so many questions about um, about the universe and about, you know, uh, God or Buddha or Allah or Muhammad or, or whatever, you know, however you view it, by being able to go into that space and when you can listen from your heart to other people and how they view those, uh, the, their spirituality and how they connect uh, to their own divinity and their sense of purpose, You may just get some of your own questions answered. Exactly, click for you. It will just, you know, be. It could be a piece of the puzzle that's been missing for so long. And to me, that is just that is one of the greatest gifts I've ever received: is to be able to have one of those pieces fit into my puzzle to answer another question
0: exactly and of course pose another question too because that's Absolutely. what is yes, never, <laughs> never ending but that's you're what never ending. that's what keeps us always kind of growing and in wonderment because there's always something more to know um but you know it, as you said it the it answers your own question you know it's um I love the card I sometimes pull. It's like, you know, um, heaven is helping, you know, get out of its way. <laughs> uh, you know. And, you know, we, we go and ask a question and then it's given to us in some peculiar form. Yes. And it's never the way we think it's going to be. Um, right. But it's when we're open up to receiving the signs and, and receiving the senses, we will get that answer to us in in the most sometimes bizarre way, extraordinary way that becomes a real huge catalyst to something in our lives.
1: Yes, and I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier is when um, that's when we let go of the control and we yeah. allow. When we do that, that's when it shows up in a beautiful way. And it's usually never how we imagined, yeah. which is perfectly fine to me. Oh yeah! Because I think you know divinity has its own plan, and they have things that it can see that we can't see. Yeah. that this huge beautiful picture, and uh, and so just setting an intention and allowing it to come in in a fantastic way, we get surprised and delighted.
0: Ah, don't we? And don't we? I mean, see? you know the the thing is is um,
1: you know again
0: when you're brought up uh, very linearly, you're brought up with the um, you know, life is a straight line. Uh, you know, you, you go to school, you go to college, you get the job, you, you meet your husband, you have your 2.2 kids, your cat and dog and, you know, a whole way and, and straight line. We don't go that way anymore. We can't go that way anymore. The vibration has changed. The dimension has changed. The energy has changed. And we've now become people that have learned to flow with life and and people are having children later or going back to college later or never going to college at all and realizing that a degree in something no longer serves because it's there aren't any industries around for it to serve with um it's the entrepreneurs that are coming up is follow your own signs in life your own you know when you've got that connection with your own god with your own divinity and you're receiving that message you're never alone and you'll always be given that. the answer that you need forward
1: yes and being in that flow is so important because you're right it's not linear anymore and so many of my friends and colleagues you know they did that that natural progression uh life progression like you were talking about they got out of high school and they went to college and they got married and now they look back at it and you know when they're following the flow of their own life and they're serving their purpose they're not even using anything from back then. And exactly. the experiences were perfect at the time and they did what they needed to do. But you're right. They yeah. when they become in the flow and we and they get off that beaten path of that you know, that same conditioning to fit into that mold. Yeah. Their life changes.
0: And isn't it that exciting to see? To
1: be, there's there's just certain and that's what I speak about when I tell people that, you know, through um, through the coaching that I do is you can begin to uh, derive those gifts out of you You know, and through that flow and through that understanding of who you are and, and what you're about in this world and who you want to be in this world and how you, how you want to shine
0: so do you coach a lot of people that I call are in their redirective life you know they've taken that linear path they may be very accomplished but suddenly they realize it's the wrong path for them And there's something else calling them.
1: Absolutely, and that's that is sort of how I got this um, this sort of niche in coaching is because it was the same thing with me. You know, I took that same path. I had a career, I got married, I had children, I was a stay-at-home mom, and then you know things happen and things change to push me out of that. And because I know in my own mind, if I had, you know, if life hadn't of been calling through certain obstacles and challenges that I had to go through, I would have just been perfectly fine to be that stay at home mom all the time, always giving myself to my children yeah. and them the center of my world. And believe me, they still are. I love them to pieces and I would do anything for them. But life began to call me in a different direction. And that was it trying to, to understand, well, what is it? This yeah. is what I thought I was, but there's so much more to each one of us. We are just this, complex human being with so many facets that we are and those things and and it's constant i'm constantly finding out things about myself that i didn't know through going to flow and trusting this connection that i have to my own higher self and when i do that and i listen and i get tuned in you know my life takes on a whole new meaning and I, i gather things about myself that i i knew before and i get to share that out in the world whether it's just with one person Or with a lot, a lot of people. So that is how I help people to make that transition and to see where it leads them and takes them. And it can be, it it can be very small steps or it can be huge steps. It's totally and completely up to them. And they'll know. They'll they'll know exactly what to do. Yeah, that that knowingness. Yes, Mm -hmm.
0: and and the knowing, needing to know what you, um, knowing what you need to know at the time that you need to know it. And when we're in that now and that knowingness, there is no doubt. Um, we know what we need to do, um you know quite essentially when you 're looking back at the the tree um, so many people kind of get stuck at the trunk <laughs> and and they forget all these wonderful branches that they 're capable Why are you know this is a tree we have roots it 's got one body and then it's got all these arms now why is that because we're capable of branching out on so many multiple levels you can be your own person you can be the wife you can be the mother you could be the friend you could be the daughter you could be the coach you can be the advocator you can be all of these things that's the reason why you were given so many branches
1: yes and if you notice there's always a new little branch up yep. somewhere yep. you're always finding out something more beautiful about yourself all the time when you allow yourself to do that Yes. Never, Never
0: and, and it's okay to prune your tree now and again and go, you know, this yeah. branch is a little too heavy or it's pulling me over that's and it exactly needs to be trimmed right. back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And that's where those beliefs come into play, is, you know, yeah. recognizing them for their value and their relevance in your life. And if they're serving you, that's fantastic. It's wonderful. And when they're not, that's when you need to prune them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you don't need yeah. to cut down the whole tree to do it. <laughs> <You don't. laughs>
1: Sometimes it feels that way. We just feel like we're such a mess that you don't even know where to begin. We just yeah. need to get rid of them all, but it doesn't—it doesn't quite work like that.
0: Yes, because yes. those branches don't grow back. Other branches may grow from them, but those branches don't grow back. So when you go pruning, okay. make sure you're pruning the right thing.
1: That's, that's exactly right, and that's really where you have to become really present and connected to your body, because it's such—you um, have to really get your emotions involved to see what it feels like for you. If it feels if it feels heavy or dense, or if it feels really light and expansive, and then you know from there whether you're going to prune it or not. Mm-hmm. And if it feels light and expansive, it's something that you really definitely want to nurture. Otherwise, you have to you begin to look at it and become aware and decide if that's something that you want to keep or you want to let that go. And if you want to let it go, then it's perfectly okay to do that. You're making a conscious choice to do that so that you can move forward in a new direction. One you've chosen,
0: and one you were designed for.
1: Yes,
0: you know that's yes. ultimately what you were designed for. You were not ever mm-hmm. meant to just be a trunk. Um,
1: right. Yeah,
0: you know, and that's the whole thing is well, why are we given all these gifts? Why are we given all these multiple layers of thoughts, of perspectives, of understandings? It's so that we can get out there and and take these, use these very many branches, and uh, you know, be. It doesn't mean you have to be. Everything to everything in life, but it means just being, being on one thing because you're actually robbing yourself of yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and and it can be as simple as when you become present to each and every moment. That those gifts, those different, those multiple layers of who we are, all those different branches, they come forward, and it could be as simple as being in a space with a dear friend and just listening. Yes. Just listening could change that person's life. And you, you may never even know that, but when you're in that flow and you're present and mindful, those gifts are just going to roll right from you. Yeah. Right from that flow.
0: Yes. And, and you know, the, the thing is, is, again, you know, back to the trees, back to the forest, some of them have been there for hundreds of years. And actually, you know, we actually do have the capability of, of living way over 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um. And when, But when you look at a tree, and, and especially when they stand together, you know, in a forest, in a formation, uh, creating a beautiful avenue for you to walk down, you know, you look at what they go through. They go through four seasons. Uh, they go through brutal winters. They go through howling gales. Uh, they go through scorching heat. Um, they go through all sorts of things, but they can move with the wind. They can shelter from the rain. You know, they can you know give you shade from the sun and the whole thing about them is that they have the ability to move along with the flow of life and they may shake a few leaves or a few fruits while along the way but they manage to stay intact it takes one hell of a gale in order to uproot a tree yes. so we're much more okay. resilient than what we think aren't
1: we i, I absolutely i do and those trees flexibility about them and they are they don't they don't resist they don't resist that change they don't say no i can't take the cold i'm going to complain and gripe about it and be a victim of it they just go they go with it and when we can learn that we have those same strengths uh my a dear friend of mine asked one time what kind of tree are you so if we were to all think about Mm. that what kind of tree do we think we are And that would tell us a lot about where we are in life right now, about our belief systems, about what we think and feel about our own selves, our our characteristics, our strengths, our weaknesses, and decide from there.
0: Well, I'm going to answer that one. I think I'm a willow tree.
1: A willow tree. Beautiful. You're very flexible and (laughs) light and airy. I can see it.
0: (laughs) Constantly kind of got to be flowing you know, with, with that energy out there. And, uh, you know, I love, when I, for me, for, a piece for me going out is, you know, going out with my dog. But I absolutely love watching the sun glisten onto the leaves, um, the wind wris- rustling those leaves the sound the peace the uh, the movement the perpetual movement the colors that are constantly changing because of that movement and the light on them um and the vibration that trees give you is in a way talking mm-hmm. to you um, they are. and they're just so magnificent what tree would you be
1: well uh, my favorite tree from growing up even now are the the tall sturdy oak trees but I also like the pin oaks as well. I, uh, as well. I have two in my front yard, and I feel that they have such an energy about them, and they're very bending and flexible. Mm-hmm. But they have this very playful. Uh, I want it is giving me of laughter because you can feel it uh-huh. coming off of them, and I can hear their leaves louder than any tree in the yard. Yeah. So it's just amazing. But then the oak tree, you know, because it's sturdy, it's strong, it's tall. Resilient. And it provides so much shade. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's very wise. It reminds me of such wisdom. So I think I, I'm i not sure if I remind myself of that, but I sure I love that tree more than anything. It's just very majestic and beautiful yeah. to me.
0: And, you know, you talk about meditation and, you know, there are various types of meditation you can take. And I'm not one to get on the floor and go hum-ha or anything. It's, you know, I haven't got a body that would do that for a start. I'll get stuck and not be able to get back up. Uh, but, you know, for me it is going out for that walk, you know, amongst those yeah. trees, that rustle of those leaves, uh, you know, the, the flowers in bloom um you know even the dog sniffing at everything as she goes but most certainly i have just around the corner from me which is um, in the morning i just take the dog for a kind of a quick little walk before i settle in to do the shows and then we go for a bigger walk later and it's just an avenue of trees by the railway line um but they're always they stand tall they stand erect but they're always in movement and rustling and it's just so very welcoming to your day it's like they're saying good morning how are you today and it doesn't matter what the weather's like they're always there greeting and i think that i think in a lot of ways is my form of meditation because i can give myself up to them and allow myself to receive
1: yes and i do i really believe that people can have those walking meditations yeah have a, a meditation out in nature um for me it is really sitting on that floor and getting my mind quiet and still or how, you know however i decide to meditate because i use many different forms of meditation depending on you know the full you know if i'm allowing the flow of life i will just be sort of guided as to what i do but for me being out in nature like you're speaking of brings me such great joy yeah. which i think is is that mindful presence which grounds me which and i completely believe that that is a form of meditation because it's that mindful groundness yeah. of where you are right now, being grateful, feeling the energy, and thinking of nothing else but what is right here in mm.
0: front of you. And it doesn't matter how you're feeling, the trees never pass judgment, uh, and they all seem to have their own answer in that rustle. You know, it almost feels like their branches are reaching out and wrapping themselves around you. Um, and so th- they're very, very comforting. And, you know, for some people, it may not be trees, it may be a body of water, because water certainly will do that for me as well. Or, um, you know, it, we just need to find what it is, don't we? We need to find that something that brings us that sense of peace, where we can give ourselves up and all our, our woes and then bring ourselves down into a, a peace and a tranquility. Uh, because that's only when the answer comes. It doesn't come when we're in any anxious state.
1: That's right. And I think most of us know what that is. I think we're very um, deep down. We know what brings us that sort of peace. We just have to bring it to the surface or be reminded of it and then give ourselves time to do it because we get so busy and so stressed out that we think we can't we can't possibly settle down and go take a walk or go for a swim or a bike ride or just go watch the birds or listen to nature or, or just listen to a peaceful song, whatever yeah. it is. It could be dancing. I don't know. Everybody knows what changes and shifts their vibration for them, that's them up. Um, but I think we know what it is. It's just giving ourselves permission. Here comes that word again. Yes. Like you mentioned in the very beginning, ourselves permission to go do that because if we don't, we're always just stuck. If we don't change and Nothing is ever going to change for us. No, nope. so we've got, got to be willing do the same thing every
0: day. We've got to be willing to flap in the wind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it feels difficult sometimes because yeah. we, we may feel like we're shirking responsibility yeah. or we're burying our head in the sand. But what we're really doing is opening up this space for something new to come in.
0: Most certainly. certainly.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, and and who we become is, you know, like my goodness, I never knew I could do that. And you know, we, we have we you know we haven't even scratched the surface of our lives. I want to take you down to another word now and another statement that you've made. Kindness will make you question everything. Yeah. And and it's I mean and I I finish off my show as always been saying, be kind to yourself. And yeah, that's where it starts because you can't be kind to to somebody else if you're feeling so aggravated towards yourself. That kindness that you give to yourself will exude onto others.
1: Absolutely, I believe that <clears throat> one of this is one of the main things that I teach my children is um, kindness, a loving kindness. Yes, absolutely towards ourselves and always towards another. Because yep. when when judgment comes in. Or that um, them being different, or whatever the situation is, when they're having a bad day and they're being rude, someone's being nasty to you, or whatever. When you can just put yourself in their place and recognize that you have no clue what they're going through, it's never personal against you. It's always an internal struggle, either for ourselves or that person. Then being kind uh, can come from a different place. Yeah. Because you're understanding that it, it really isn't against you. And it can really, I believe it can shift everything. Well, it diffuses, well, doesn't it? Aspects. Yeah, and, and, it, and
0: it can diffuse the situation completely with that kindness. You mm-hmm. know, you can could, you could look at a situation, um, you can see someone who's being aggravated, they're being nasty. It's coming from their own pain. And, you know, showing a little kindness towards them. And really, yeah. what you know, let us look at really what the matter is here. And, you know, let's sit down, remove ourselves from their situations, take ourselves into another place. And even maybe that's a good time to go for a walk or it, take them, shift them. You've got to shift the perspective. You can't start demanding what's wrong.
1: Absolutely. You have to
0: shift their perspective and put them in a different, a different energy. So then now we can look at and go, what really did upset you there? And you'll generally yeah. find it isn't what you thought it was. You know, it's something that's within them. And that little bit of kindness helps bring them out of it.
1: Well, and even if they're not even aware, you know, say they cut you off in traffic. But when you let kindness inform you and you begin to ask yourself questions, like, well, maybe they didn't see me. Or who knows that they're not in a hurry to get to the hospital because, you know, some family member has been admitted or whatever. You just don't know, but you recognize it doesn't have anything to do against you or it's not about you then you can, you can choose not to blow on the horn or to, you know... Give the finger. Off, or <laughs> give them, you know, whatever you choose to do, you can make a different choice. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You could send them love. You could send them a blessing. Yeah. Um, something very kind, because then I believe that that kindness is always just going to come right to you.
0: I, I see a, a lot of, you know, horrible postings on Facebook, and I'm a huge animal advocate of, you know, like... Skinning animals alive in china and it, and it's absolutely horrible and it's totally and utterly wrong but we have to understand this is something they've always done they know no better they haven't got any conscious look at this as a life of something right. i mean if i'm if i gave that gift to them it would be feel the pain you inflict because then you wouldn't inflict it anymore but we have to educate them on that so instead of sending out more hate it's the intolerant vibrations of what you're doing is wrong. Reach into your heart and feel empathy. And we have to we have to help people find that within themselves because, you know, the the need to understand why it's wrong, and yes. sending hate on on it isn't going to do that.
1: And that's quite challenging. In yes, because, it's of some, because of one of the first emotions that you know I feel is um. Such anger. Retaliation. And, you know, and such the compassion that I feel for these animals or for anyone who's suffering. But I'm always reminded to um, go back to one of the Buddhist teachings. And that is that, you know, may all sentient beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. And may they be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. Yes. And so when I can think about it that way, because you're right, they're they're just not conscious. I, I call that ignorance. Yes. Because they're not aware. They have no clue yet. They're on that path where they just don't get that it's not okay. But I believe that they will elevate to that level at some
0: point. Well, they saying you know, in the Bible it says, you know, forgive them for they do not know what they do. and so know do. You know, So we have to educate them of why it's wrong. Yeah. And, you know, we start off with, you know, every petition there is, every noise there is, and it's not to build hate upon a hate. It is to build a, the, a louder voice of, this is wrong. This is why it's wrong. And we're, we can only do that by showing them that they're, the action they're taking and why. And that's the only way you're going to shift that consciousness.
1: I agree, and I agree that it's just going, you know, my thought is there, you know, it's just going to come right back around to you when we begin to treat every living thing the way we want to be treated. Yes. And that's really how I try to, you know, I try to live my life and I try to teach my kids uh, by example is do... Do what you want. Think those thoughts towards someone else that you would like to have thought about you. Yeah. Those, act, those same actions and, and every part of who you are, every being, every part of your being, if it can come from a place of compassion and that kindness and love, <clears throat> then that sa- those same things will come back to you and you'll feel it and you'll know it. Your life will be smoother. And right. You-
0: do unto others as you would hope they would do unto you. Exactly. Right? Not don't yeah. don't do unto yeah. others what they do to you, what they, <laughs> yeah. what you hope they will do to you, and in that way you know and I know it's hard because you know you see something wrong and you know and you want to just fight for that somebody that's you know i mean we recently had those Indian girls who were raped by men and then hung up to die because they were raped and you know we look at this and there's like, boy, is there an education that's needed there? And, you know, the first education is, is that, you know, women, girls, females are not your property for a start. And this is life that you should expect. And, yeah. you know, we have to start educating in that. And it comes from that intolerance first. We as, as a united world intolerant of this behavior. Mm-hmm. And then we have to go into why. It doesn't matter. You've done it for centuries. You know, this is the now. That branch of that tree is going to get severed.
1: Well, and, and I think part of it is making, um, making the men in our lives, the boys in our lives, you know, I have a teen son, understand that they, too, have to take a stand for this. They um, Yes. You know, setting a boundary with their friends, and if they hear any uh, derogatory language towards a woman, they need to stand up against that, because... Um, regardless of whether they would do it or not, they have to take their own stand as
0: well. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, because it does start from that. You know, please do not think it's innocent banter. It, you know, if, if, no. we, if we allow them to continue that, it's then telling them that they have permission mm-hmm. to be degrading uh, to women. If yes. there, that intolerance is there, say no. You were talking about, You know, you could be talking about my mother, my sister, and I will not tolerate that. You respect women. And when you show them that respect, they in turn will respect you. I mean, there is a reason why men and women aren't getting on. Yes, and
1: we're not, you know, the women and the girls of this world are not here to satisfy these men in any way. No. That's not our job.
0: And and women. women, they're not here just to support you.
1: Right. Uh, you know, you
0: know, we're now in that world where we're very capable of supporting ourselves, and you know, and and it is it is kind of a collaboration. Um you know, the gold digging and everything else, um, and just looking for someone to marry to look after you. And now you're going to get fat, and you know, don't care, and you know. <laughs> and uh, forget the housework and, you know, anything else. No, those days are gone. <laughs>
1: I think they are gone. I think they're slowly, yeah. they're slowly going away. So, yeah. Which is nice because I I believe that we all have a, you know, we do have a sense of purpose and we and we have a purpose. And we, um, I think if we don't go for it, then we have a life unlived.
0: And, you know, this, you said that you were a stay-at-home mom and I was too. You know, I did other things while I was there. But, you know, for me raising children and being at home was a job it's not one you got paid or recognized for and you didn't get weekends off but you know it was a job the, those children were my responsibility and how they turned out in life was a lot to do with you know me being there and I had an open house syndrome you know where people came to stay with me when they had problems at home or you know if anybody was in trouble um, people you know who's for dinner Always extra people for dinner, yeah. and uh, but in you know, that way, it they felt safe there. And yeah. you know, if I had battles with my own kids, which we do, um, you know, it was they knew that. And if any of their friends were in trouble, they brought them to me, and that was just because they knew that we would get to the situation that would be done with love and support. And very often, all those kids needed was an arm wrapped around them and saying, mm-hmm. "I'm here for you."
1: yeah. And imagine how that made your aunt kids feel knowing that not only would you uh, take care of their friends but you're always taking care of them as well, and I think they need that they deserve that
0: yes, and yeah. in the last few years, because the journey's taken they've been taking care of me, I'm saying, but you know it shouldn't be, and they said, mum, you did it for us it's our That's turn, nice.
1: yeah. so mine have said the same thing, and you know I want my my belief is that I'm going to take care of myself until the very end, which is how I want it to be um but you're right the job as a mom was the, was the most beautiful job and yeah. still is the most beautiful job i yeah. love it it i don't even consider it a job it's just it's such a big part of the purpose it's one of my bigger branches that i love and i adore and i find great pleasure in
0: And i like to see very much today that um, it's not just you know if, if mom is the one that's out there that's the breadwinner the dad's taking the time to stay home or they share it by each having part-time jobs mm-hmm. i mean yeah. this is wonderful to see that and kudos to anybody who's looking at that and uh, you know my own son says in the next five years i'm going to work like a dog to raise the money uh, because when i have the children i want my work working for me so i can be there for my kids and i mean yay I yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly there, there's
1: nothing about that that he'll probably ever regret either. no
0: Not at all. And you should see him with his puppies. Yes. So will you please tell everybody how they can find you, what you're offering them?
1: Absolutely. Um, My website is treeoflifecoaching.com. And you can reach me by email at dawn at treeoflifecoaching.com. Uh, dot com and um, I always give out uh, this one particular number if you need to reach me, you want to contact me about having coaching sessions, and I do um, monthly coaching sessions and I have also have three month packages and some people come to me just you know just on this line they want to get rid of one belief and we'll work on that belief and then they'll go away and come back because they see how how beautiful it works out and and then they end up buying a, a package from me so I always say it takes It takes a good, I'd say, 12 weeks to really begin seeing the shifts that you want to see. And you will see a shift after your first belief. When you just create a belief and then create a new, immediately, and I speak from experience not only but from many clients, it opens up and changes so much of your life. And you feel like, you know, you're flying on top of the world and you've got this, and then, you know, these beliefs are in layers. And so then all of a sudden, you know, one of your limiting beliefs is going to pop back up because you've cleared the way for it to really show itself. So it is a process. It's Uh, an ongoing process. And then sometimes we can really get to a core belief, one of those beliefs that we were talking about, that, you know, it's maybe from another lifetime or from when you were in your your mom's womb or or from a very early age, and those are very pre-verbal, so they're more of a feeling or they're very simplistic in nature, like I'm, I'm bad or I'm just not good enough. And when you can really get to the core of those, and which is very workable, um, you can really tear apart a whole structure. And I believe we probably all have maybe five or six core beliefs that have lots of tiny beliefs holding holding them together. Yeah. And we've just got to be willing to take the, you
0: know, to take the journey. There is no quick fix. Uh, you know, our body, our body's <laughs> cellular right. structure changes every three months. So why shouldn't our belief structure as well? We've come yes, to exactly. the end of the time. We could have carried on here. This was great. I have to have you back again. Thank you so yes. much for being on the show, Dawn. You're a delight. I
1: was- I I enjoyed it very much, too. It it, did fly by, and um, I would love to come back again. Wonderful. Thank you so
0: much. Well, folks, as we said, there's a lot of work for you to do, and you can do it with great support. And first thing you do is be kind to yourself. Thank you for tuning in to PLV Radio. We hope that our programming has inspired you. Please feel free to visit the website to find past shows and schedules. Find your favorite hosts, leave comments about your experience, and share ideas for future shows. Don't forget to visit us on your favorite social media websites, which you will find links to at plv-radio.com. Listen with your friends and share the inspiration.